Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Sundaram from Mint's personal finance team. Have you watched Shark Tank TV series where the entrepreneurs pitch their story ideas to judges? Were you ever so impressed with a pitch that you thought to yourself, "How can I invest in that company?" Unlike listed equity shares, investing in startups and the unlisted space is not very easy. There are alternate investment funds, AIFs in India, that are giving access to invest in such early stage companies through category 1 and category 2 funds. But since they are very risky investments, the regulator SEBI mandated a minimum investment limit of 25 lakh to 1 crore rupees so that only sophisticated investors who understand the risks enter this space. The venture capital funds in the AIF space which invested in the last few years have given a tremendous return so far this is as per the crisel aif benchmark report which has a lot of data on the performance of the aif funds let's dig more and get good insights to decode the subject to us we have invited sandeep jetwani the co-founder of deserve a wealth tech platform for working professionals in india deserve has a category 1 aif license under the name of deserve innovation fund which invests in early stage companies they also give access to investments through category 2 aifs sandeep has been advising the wealthiest families in india over the last 17 years and guided them in the startups and vc space he also personally invests in various categories of aifs let's hear from him hi welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey hello sandeep hi welcome to why not mint money thanks for having me satya on the show sandeep what trends have you seen in the venture capital fund space in the last uh, few years so uh, uh, satya first of all uh, thanks for having me i think this is a very exciting interesting area of financial investing that has been emerging in the first wave of uh, venture capital funds which were investing in startups they were primarily backed by foreign institutional investors uh, so if you remember the likes of flipkart etc primarily owned by foreign companies till the time they got bought out by walmart and so on so that was the first wave the second wave of uh, uh, venture capital fund investing was again led by domestic institutions where large domestic institutions um, insurance companies etc were making investments into this venture capital fund uh, space and the third finally was when uh, the uh, sebi introduced the concept of aifs and they transformed from being venture capital funds to aifs is when we started domestic family offices and high net worth individuals in india invest into uh, this asset class and primarily it began first with the category 2 or which was linked to investing in early and mid and late stage startups uh, in india this has also been evolving where more and more high net worth individuals have been investing in the venture capital um, space Uh, they are now allocating a meaningful amount of their capital between 5 to 15% depending on their risk appetite to this uh, asset class and you're right after this uh, uh, shark tank and even 2021 when we heard about a lot of unicorns getting created a lot of startup founders becoming more visible there was a general sort of interest 
in the uh, retail or the emerging hni public to invest into startups etc however one restriction uh, and constraint obviously is that for every aif that you invest in you have to commit today approximately rupees 1 crore and that is a hindrance to majority of the retail investors participating in this asset class but overall i would say that broadly risk appetite has gone up there is a greater inclination to back uh, early and mid stage startups in india and that is something that will be interesting to see how it plays out uh, later this year and next year with greater volatility in the space understand uh, you said 1 crore is the minimum investment amount for aif right uh, but does it change to 25 lakh if it is a angel fund or the venture capital fund investing in the startups it does uh, so uh, i was referring to 1 crore being the minimum for category 2 AIFs as is the case with category 3 also category 1 is an interesting uh, sort of class of investments within AIFs now in category 1 what investors need to do is to commit 25 lakhs and the fund manager has the obligation of showing transactions to the investor which the investor can decide on a per investment basis whether they want to participate or not so unlike a uh, category 2 where you give money to a fund manager and they allocate money in category 1 the onus is on the fund manager to uh, diligence the asset recommend it and then the decision point finally rests with the ultimate investor the one thing however to know is that this 25 lakhs has to be drawn down or allocated over a 5 year period uh, which also gives more comfort to uh, smaller retail investors to participate in this asset class understand uh so before going to further questions about the venture capital funds and the unlisted space investment could you give some brief uh, introduction about the category 1 2 3 funds in the aa of space sure so satya category 1 as envisaged by sebi was meant to be for early stage investments in startups offers which have been around for less than a certain number of years and uh, where have the top line or turnover is less than you know a certain amount that essentially ensures that uh, you are actually investing in very early stage companies here investors can commit uh, 25 lakhs or more over a 5 year period which the fund manager can draw down in a very interesting way the fund manager has to make recommendations to the ultimate investor of every transaction that they are recommending and then the individual investor can decide whether they want to participate in that uh, one or not so that is category 1 uh, aifs category 2 aifs uh, were primarily meant to invest in mid and late stage companies though they have also invested in early stage companies uh, in the venture capital space but there are also category 2 aifs which invest in structured credit which is high yielding fixed income which is typically more aggressive than your usual bonds and such Uh, now in this category the investor commits an amount of 1 crore or more which the fund manager draws down as and when they th- deem fit the fund manager then allocates the capital under the uh, constraints of the private placement memorandum which the investor is seen and signed with the uh, fund manager so in a sense this is a blind pool where the fund manager will invest according to the strategy that they have outlined to the investor at the time of fundraising uh so that is uh, on the category 2 side category 3 uh, aifs were primarily intended to uh, be uh, a re- replacement for the hedge fund space um, and therefore a lot of long shot funds emerged in this category here again there are fund managers who draw down the 1 crore or more upfront 
there are fund managers who draw down one crore over a period of time because within category 3 also there are open and closed ended uh, aifs however lately a lot of uh, listed equity fund managers have used these strategies or used the category 3 vehicle for long only uh, public equity portfolios as well this is very interesting so let Just come back to the venture capital fund uh, space, uh, Sadi. So the Crystal yeah. Data, uh, the AIF benchmarking report, they shows very some interesting numbers. Uh, that the venture mm-hmm. capital funds which started investing in FI sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, uh, have shown in uh, tremendous returns like forty to fifty percent IRR. So what was That's- your observation? So uh, I would uh, mention two things here, Sadi. Obviously the. markets at the time of 2016 to 2021 have been in a very bullish environment uh, as you uh, remember last year in 2021 a lot of uh, unicorns got minted essentially that mean, meant that a lot of capital was available for these companies uh, resulting in large fundraisers uh, which upmarked a lot of the investments that these aifs had already done so uh, essentially if somebody invested right through 2016 to 2020 in 2021 they would have seen a meaningful up move in their portfolios uh, the second point however to understand and know is that when it comes to these category of investments we have to look beyond irr we have to look at uh, what is the multiple of capital invested uh, so if as a fund manager i have invested 100 crores what is the value of that 100 crores today hypothetically if i would have invested 100 crores in 2020 and in 2021 the portfolio was up by 40 percent. Uh, I would show 140 rupees uh, value of that with a 40 percent IRR. But that means that the multiple of capital invested is only 1.4x. Over a period of time, I think investors look at how much is the multiple of the capital that I invested in the AIF that the fund manager has returned, and that's something that is important. and linked to this second point is the fact that how much capital have fund managers returned and up until now i think the capital returned has not been substantial so i think we have while we the returns are exciting from an irr perspective we also have to look at what is the multiple of capital invested and how much is the capital has been distributed by the fund manager okay as for your analysis what is the kind of multiple that these uh, startup aifs are giving in the last few years again it depends uh, very heavily on what kind of risk uh, and diversification that the fund manager has but i have seen aifs anywhere between 1.5x to 4x uh, being the multiple of capital invested however the multiple of i mean the amount of capital distributed on the other hand has not been very high uh, and that is something to be watched out for sure sandeep what is this uh, you know 1.5x in uh, during what time period this is over the last 2 uh, to 4 year period depending because fund managers have entered at different points of time thing is that the fund was raised in 2016 or the commitments were raised in 2016 but the drawdowns happened between 2016 to 2018 then uh, the uh, multiple of capital invested would be lower as opposed to the fact the fund was raised in 2016 a large part of the drawdown happened in 2016 the multiple of capital invested would potentially be higher and that is one challenge with the aif uh, industry we have to look at it on an absolute return uh, perspective on a relative return perspective is very hard because every fund managers drawn capital at different points of time 
Sure, the multiples uh, absolutely looks very interesting and very exciting as well. But uh, something this is also a very risky space, right? Uh, so, so what factors that does investors have to keep in mind when investing in uh, startup space? And uh, do you think AIF is the better route for investors to get into this space? So, uh, let me first talk about Satya. What are the things that uh, investors need to keep in mind? and then respond to the second question on uh, whether AIFs are the right way of investing into this or not. Sure. So as far as the first instance goes, uh, I think one has to realize that this is a highly risky asset class. Uh, uh, and in uh, venture capital investing, there is a concept of power law, which is that uh, nearly uh, 20% of uh, the companies that you invest in will deliver 80% of the return. Um, and the corollary of that, therefore, is a remaining 80% of companies may just return capital or may not return any capital at all. Uh, and therefore, uh, this is something that investors need to keep in mind as they allocate to this particular space. The second thing that they need to keep in mind is the fact that uh, we do need to diversify. Uh, you cannot put all your money into one company or two companies or three companies because the risk is that you might end up with a situation where the companies that you have invest in, invested in have uh, sort of not been able to deliver the returns. Uh, and therefore, creating a large basket of investments is very, very uh, critical. The second point of diversification is also around time diversification. You cannot invest in all the money uh, that you allocate to this asset class in one year or six months. You have to deploy it over a four to five year period in almost equated installments, almost like an SIP. Uh, and the third point is uh, a concern which is in the space is of adverse selection. Uh, unlike public markets, uh, the companies are not freely available and tradable to everyone. Uh, a lot of times, uh, fund managers or investors have to discover these companies, uh, go behind them, chase the entrepreneur to take capital from them. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And often as individual investors, when we invest into these companies, there is a risk that we might end up getting those companies in our hands, which have been rejected by the larger funds. Uh, from that perspective, I would uh, strongly recommend that if somebody is making an investment into either early stage or mid-stage companies, uh, they should do it through either Category 2 or Category 1 AIFs. Here, the uh, thing is that the fund managers have diligenced the company. They are going to ensure diversification. They are responsible for ensuring money is allocated over a period of time. And finally, they are working at getting access to the best companies. Uh, so to my mind, if one were to allocate money to this asset class, it should almost certainly be through the category one or two AIF route. Very well put, uh, Sandeep. Um, that's nice. So uh, moving from the venture capital fund space or the unlisted equity space, uh, the other category which we found very interesting uh, as per the Crystal AI of benchmarking report is the long only equity funds. You already mentioned about these funds. Uh, could you elaborate on what does these funds do and uh, where do they invest and how is it comparable to the other products in the financial industry? Yeah, uh, so and here I deserve we have a strong viewpoint uh, on this. So uh, now category three funds which invest in long only equities are essentially uh, where you've given money to an EIF but the fund manager is allocating it to listed stocks. Uh, now, 
what are the other alternatives for investors when they invest in listed stocks or when they want to allocate money to a fund manager to allocate on their behalf uh, the first thing is obviously they can uh, invest into mutual funds uh, and the second is they can also invest in portfolio management schemes now one big issue that ai have suffered from in this particular space is the taxation on this uh, category uh, a lot of ai's have taken the view that the law, that the investments into uh, listed stocks in this space will be treated as capital gains and therefore be taxed at short term and long term uh, as the case may be uh, which essentially means that the every time that the fund manager is making a transaction in the ais the fund manager is or the aif is having to pay tax depending on whether it is short term or long term uh, this, this is, is not similar to uh, this is similar to what pmss does right absolutely this is similar to what pmss does but here relative to both pmss and aifs uh, mutual funds stand at a higher uh, degree, uh, level because their every trade within the fund is not taxable i only pay tax as an investor when i exit the mutual fund so uh, this is essentially uh, something that leads to advancement of tax uh, in my portfolio so that is one issue that aifs and pmss both face the second issue aifs and pmss both face is uh, or category 3 aifs uh, and pmss both face is that uh, the dividend issued by the companies which they have invested in is taxable in their in the hands of either the aif in in case of category 3 or in in the case of pms in the hands of the investor again here where the tax rates are higher because dividend above a certain threshold is taxable at the marginal rate in case of mutual funds the fund doesn't pay tax the investor pays tax as capital gains when they exit the fund so this is a second disadvantage that both aifs and pmss have the third disadvantage which uh, again both aifs and pmss have is the expenses that they pay cannot be netted off in the uh, capital gains uh, uh, and adjusted against the tax whereas in case of mutual funds the expenses are netted off in the nav and therefore only when the investor exits the uh, fund do the does the uh, and uh, when they do they pay tax and the tax is netted off for the capital gains portion uh, uh, and the uh, fees paid whereas in case of aifs and pmss the fees is separate and over and above the tax already paid uh, the fourth uh, uh, sort of level of uh, differentiation and this is uh, specific to aifs is that in case of pmss if i have a loss or gain in my books and the pms has a opposite entry or loss or gain that can be offset whereas in case of the aif the taxes are dealt with at the aif level Uh, and therefore i cannot get benefit uh, of that uh, uh, so net net there are major tax disadvantages that aifs uh, and pmss have relative to uh, mutual funds aifs more so than pmss so our preference is that uh, all things being equal uh, i would first invest ideally in a mutual fund followed by a pms followed by uh, a category 3 aif the only reason i would put money into category 3 aifs over and above mutual funds is if there is significant performance differential that comes up in these uh, uh, category 3 funds over mutual funds and here again when we look at the performance of the basket to basket and what do i mean by basket to basket is it looking at a basket of aifs a basket of pmss and a basket of mutual funds is there is there material uh, outperformance that 
category 3 aifs or even pmss have delivered relative to mutual funds the answer is certainly no uh, and therefore if there is no uh, historical return that is uh, uh, guiding me to put more money into uh, pmss and aifs uh, and there are tax disadvantages we end up preferring mutual funds for taking this exposure this is brilliant sandeep so the aifs are coming up with less tax efficient uh, these are the less tax efficient vehicles as well as they charge more fee but the performance has been uh, at par with the mutual funds or the pmss or even lower than that is that what you're saying so uh, they are certainly tax inefficient relative to mutual funds in terms of fees obviously i cannot comment on that because uh, there are aifs at different fee structures uh, there are some which are equal to mutual funds some potentially maybe lower or slightly higher uh, so it's very hard to generalize that but on the performance side certainly there is uh, very little evidence to say that aifs outperform uh, mutual funds uh, on the category 3 side uh, so in my view uh, category 1 and category 2 should be used for angel and uh, venture capital investing into companies category 2 can also be used for structured credit uh, category 3 is ideal for investing in long shot or hedge fund type strategies and that's the way we should look at the aif space yeah but not for the long only equity funds in the category 3 Three investors That's will be right. better off investing in either a mutual fund or PMS, right? That is right. That is understand. Right. Understand. You know the AAF people in the industry say that the opacity of the portfolio that the AAF comes with is one of the biggest strengths of the long only equity funds. Is what they say when compared to the mutual funds or PMSs, uh, who are liable to you know disclose the portfolio or give access to the funds to the investors whenever they want. do you think mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons that uh, they could of course in the past they have they couldn't prove their outperformance but in future uh, is is there a point that uh, you know not disclosing the portfolio regularly as others are doing is one of the strengths of aifs uh you know the argument uh, satya would hold only in case of micro cap uh, stocks if at all because in case of large cap and mid cap stocks uh, the market is uh, relatively uh, liquid and therefore the disclosures should not to my mind hurt the interest of uh, the investor in that particular uh, aif uh, or mutual fund as the case may be uh, so in case of micro caps potentially yes uh, the argument uh, would apply but uh, uh, we don't see strong evidence of outperformance uh, uh to justify that particular um, you know statement great sandeep uh, this has been really really interesting i found it very interesting absolutely uh i think you summarized it well and satya i'm glad that you've uh, thrown some light on this particular topic uh and i hope more investors benefit from this absolutely yeah, with inputs from experts like you it's really really interesting thanks sandeep thank you so much bye bye thank you thanks That's all for now in this episode listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is @satyasontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney@livemint.com. Bye bye.
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.